uh welcome to justice losers review i still have not worked out how exactly want to do this intro but all i do know is that we went and we saw a movie and i think we want to tell you about it so preston what do we see Dark Phoenix. I was going to make a joke, but I couldn't come up with a good one in enough time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we should probably play it straight to at least explain which movie we saw. Yep. Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix. The final Fox Entertainment movie. Except maybe New Mutants. Except maybe New Mutants. I feel like that happens. one's got enough left to do that it might just go out under the Disney banner. I don't know. I'm kind of starting to wonder if it's going to happen at all. It's been pushed yeah. about four times. It's been pushed back. They have a trailer for it. Yeah. Which is just, how many times has that happened? That's not the movie we're talking about. We'll talk about that at a different time. <laughs> we should have talked about that on the Fox episode. Speaking of Fox, what though, I mean, they had a teaser for the version of Alien 3 they wanted to do where the aliens come to Earth. Uh-huh. And then proceeded to just not do that after oh, everyone yeah. was really hyped. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh, well. Anyway. So Dark, Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix. Matt, how do we do reviews? Um, one of us asks the other how we feel about it. But how do we structure the episode? Oh, right. Also, who are we? We're, no, I said Justice Losers reviews. We're Justice Losers. I'm Bat Matt. He's he's Preston. That's the one. <laughs> yeah, we. I, I need to work on this. I'm never gonna work on this. <laughs> reviews happen so like infrequently that it just doesn't give us a sense of normal normalcy. Yeah, it's so always we, late at night. Yeah, and usually I'm thinking about more important things. Yeah, or just have Hans Zimmer's theme running through my head. Oh, dude, we'll get to that. Yeah, um, but yeah. So the way we structure this is we'll do a non-spoiler section first, and then a spoiler section. So we'll give you a very hard cutoff. We'll yell spoilers for thirty seconds. The word spoilers for thirty seconds, and then we'll spoil something big. So you'll be warned. We'll try to put a time stamp in the description, but um unlikely yeah, I, i've been getting better <laughs> depends on who the who the editor is yeah i think i actually got it for all of our little game of thrones recaps okay so uh yeah and so within each section the spoiler and the non-spoiler we do the good and the bad and the ugly where the ugly is us mostly us it, we switched to video for a few minutes yeah it's just kind of us just... looking at a camera just like hey, what's up yo well, yes, no, the ugly is uh, comic accuracy stuff. Yep, comic accuracy, accuracy to the source material. Source material, I guess. Uh, accuracy to, to the spirit of the thing, too. That's yeah. how I like to think of it. Yeah. Okay. Kind of to the, and to the, uh, honestly, I think a couple times we've gone a bit more into accuracy to its own rules. Yeah, that does happen. Cough, cough, Fantastic Beast. That's exactly what I was thinking about. It's like, mm-hmm. Fantastic Beast, it, it doesn't exactly have source material per se, Mm-hmm. But its own universe, it violates rules, which is... Go back and listen to that. Please Boy, do. that was a uh, <laughs> that was a harrowing experience, just having to e- experience it. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. So, yeah. Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix. How'd you feel? Well, not to spoil too much, but I just feel like the movie in general was very akin to the series finale of Game of Thrones. Okay. Um, Do explain. Overall, relatively unsatisfying and unexperimental in its conclusion. Okay. I guess. Okay. Um, it really feel like they. It really felt like they just played it safe the whole time. 
Okay. Um, a couple, you know, like a couple moments where the studio would say, "Oh, we took big risks." But right. then when you watch it, you're like, "That wasn't a risk." Yeah. Like we all saw that coming. Like, yeah, it was a like it's more than just a standard event, but it it was by no means just game changing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um it just it felt beige okay. to me, with the exception of the fucking music. <laughs> Honestly, the most most fun I had with this movie was just listening to the music. Yeah, Hans Zimmer is wow. Like it was because uh, normally I actually thought about this kind of going into this movie that with our, with our past movies. I typically don't really pay attention to the music that much. Not so much. Um, I will notice if it if it's exceptionally good, mm-hmm. but if it's just kind of like normal or bad, I won't really notice. Right. But like first scene, I was like, oh, I dig this theme. Yeah. All of what's happening right now in the music is fucking phenomenal. Yep. And I just noticed that the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. I guess that can, that continues my pattern of only noticing it if it's exceptionally yeah. good. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> <But> much. Like, <laughs> it was it was just instantaneously standing out. And I made a note within the first five minutes, like, I'm going to, I want to see who wrote the music. Yep. I was like, music by Hans Zimmer. Oh, that makes sense. So <laughs> this is good. Cause I, I knew that it was Hans Zimmer that did the music. Cause I'm following him on Facebook and he posted like the album cover. And it's like the new music from dark Phoenix oh. coming soon to Amazon music or whatever. So I was like, okay, well that's something to look forward to in this movie. Yep. Uh, so I'm glad it's not my own confirmation bias because I also really liked the music and I thought, okay, do I did I just like it because it's because oh, I no, knew it's it was just, on Simmer? I was listening to it on the way to uh, on the way home. It was, mm-hmm. It's just oh my god, it's so good. Yeah, but it struggles. Oh man, I want to get a sound editing software that I can and like find a way I can download the music and like chop it up a little bit mm-hmm. because all of what's written would be phenomenal for D and D for like different situations. But the songs, it's the same way with Game of Thrones. All the uh, tracks are, like, half a fight and half a, like, really soft moment. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> I can't, I want to just cut it in half and then take both. Yeah. I mean, well, if you, I mean, if you buy the album, you can just get the oh, MP3 true. file. And... Maybe I'll do that. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. So the good, I guess we can kind of. Yeah, we've started on the good, it the, seems. The music. <laughs> um. Yeah. There's a. Uh sort of a new x-men theme yeah that i guess is now the last x-men theme yeah that's a it's a really good memorable simple theme that he plays with a few different ways yep. depending on the emotional content um got a lot of electrical sounds mm-hmm. uh it th- there's a couple moments that felt similar to kind of you know his other space yeah uh he didn't do gravity did he no no he did interstellar um yeah, no, it really just, like, some moments that kind of felt interstellary, which, you know, makes sense, because it's a space-based yeah. um, kind of... I got a couple hints to Dark Knight Trilogy. Mm-hmm. There's sort of a phoenix motif, like a falling forth, Yeah, um, that's done in the voices a lot. And there's a similar motif that ties back to Bruce's parents' death from the Dark Knight Trilogy. Okay. Um, It's not quite the same notes, but I think it has a similar leap. Yeah. Um, and it's sort of the same instrumentation and timbre. Uh-huh. Um, so that was, that was cool. Uh, the track that was playing sort of during the funeral scene and the extended, like beyond that, where it's sort of slow and quiet and it's just kind of constantly descending. Mm-hmm. 
a, like with sort of a key change every three chords or something. Yeah. That was really cool. I'll have to go back and listen to that one too. Yeah, that one was the one that stuck out at me especially. But a lot of good music. Yes. Sorry to music nerd out on you for a couple um, minutes there. What else was there? The symbolism that kind of just uh, generic, not really overarching, but, you know, like kind of seen particular symbolism. Mm-hmm. A lot of that was really good. Um, but one thing that stuck out for me was the Phoenix. Mm-hmm. It, they kind of, it was a moment of, uh, oh, that was a cool little, little moment that was yeah. discreet. And then the on next. On the nose. On the nose. And the, on the nose. Yeah. It was like one, it was like when. Okay, so I don't want to spoil it. Uh, it it does like a fi- like it it visualizes it and then just very vaguely goes into the shape of a phoenix and you're yeah. like, oh, I noticed that that was kind of neat. Mm-hmm. And then two shots later, it's just like, oh no, they are going straight full on phoenix. Like it, yeah. Like it was pretty much like a two D drawing of a phoenix. And I'm yeah. like, oh, I guess it's kind of the Hellboy moment where they're like the Excalibur thing. Yep. Oh, I know. Wait, yeah, okay, I got it. Yes, you didn't have to explain yeah. it. Okay, you're really hammering it. <laughs> yeah. A little less lame than the Hellboy thing. Yeah. I think even still in the execution, but yeah. would have been cool if it were subtle. Um, I thought the acting was really good in this, in general. Um, You've got a, you got a face on there. I kind of thought the opposite. Okay, interesting. I think there was some bad moments in the writing that made performances that might have been, a little bit. I will say... There's a moment that it does a like it does such a close up you don't even get his entire face of mm-hmm. um of Michael Fassbender mm-hmm. reacting to something emotional for him. Yep. Boy, can that fucker act in his eyes? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I uh, th- this movie did a lot of like heavy close ups. Yeah. Like really tight close ups. Yeah. And I think that worked because they're dealing with a pretty good cast here. Yeah. And I so... mean, all of them. Um. Uh, a big good chunk of them are just phenomenal actors yeah um james mcavoy can act the he can literally play 23 people yep. in one um that's an actual thing that he did in case anybody wasn't catching my split reference we uh michael fassbender We're cultured. Is, we've seen movies <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh michael fassbender just he's he seems to be able to be thrown into any role yeah. He's very diverse. Yes. Um he's been in like rom coms and like dramas and action movies and just whatever like you can have a serious emotional action movie like X Men, like all of all of him, through him him through all the X Men movies. Yeah. Or you can have a really bland action movie like Assassin's Creed, which okay. Part of me wants to think there's a there's a point in the movie where it's a it's just a shot of him and then like like right next to him is AC dash O four. Part of me wants to think that that's a reference to the Assassin's Creed movie because his Assassin's Creed movie happens during the Spanish Inquisition during which happens simultaneously to the fourth Assassin's Creed game, not Assassin's Creed four, the fourth Assassin's Creed game, Assassin's Creed Revelations. Uh huh. So <laughs> I. Yeah, no, I probably I, not. No, I mean, like, you think about it. Someone had to make a conscious decision what letters and numbers were going to go there. Yeah, why not make it a reference? That it's just it's such a. <laughs> it's also funny because right now I'm playing Assassin's Creed Four. Right. You got it on so the I was just like, hey. <laughs> um, thanks, McAvoy can act. Uh, Nicholas Holt, I thought was really good. Yeah, no, Xavier Holt. Xavier Holt. Charles Sorry. Holt. Nigel Holt. 
what am a Tom Bay Holt? <laughs> um, Chadwick Holt. There we go. Uh, so yeah, you're only saying that because you made up a bad parody of an African name. Oh, I was just saying syllables, okay. and then after I said it, I was like, "Oh, that sounded vaguely kind of Afrikaans." Um, so yeah, no. Uh, I was watching Bruce Holt the entire movie, just kind of like. Because it's confirmed that Robert Pattinson is Batman, right? But there was a moment that uh, that Tiffany Holt, <laughs> girl name now, girl names now, that was the other one. We had this conversation yesterday. What was uh, the other name that right. we fucked up? And it's just not having a name for him. Uh, I was watching in the entire movie to try to see Batmany moments. Uh-huh. Would not have been a good Batman. No, like in in any movie you can see in a good actor any certain type of character that they can play. So like in what with Robert Pattinson, you can go back to all like to, um, uh, uh, fucking Harry Potter. And there will be a point in that movie where you can see if he would be a good Batman. I think big to differ on your overarching point here. Steve Carell. Steve Carell. You see him and you think, okay, he's a comedy guy. Maybe he can do sort of some serious, like heart, felt drama type uh-huh. roles you gotta watch Foxcatcher just c- for all the people that play completely against type and do it really brilliant he's like borderline psychopath just messed up manipulative dude okay and he i mean there's exceptions to every rule <laughs> i just don't think it's a good rule like huh <laughs> i don't think it's a good okay rule. whatever anyway uh i just didn't see anything in there that uh would point to being a bruce wayne or batman character because that's two characters in one like you gotta yeah. have like the serious and then you gotta have the person who can fake being charismatic but yep. he was neither his face is the wrong shape his face is also just that's, generally the wrong that's shape really the problem here he, let's be his, honest his name is circle holt <laughs> got a very circle face <laughs> yes um sophie turner had some good moments in general i think she was very strong but the writing was the one that came back to bite her the most yeah um so when they let her act and when they gave her some decent writing she was really good mm-hmm. um she absolutely nailed making just kind of a stoic face dude really her engaging. stone face like her just like deadpan face is prevalent through all of game of thrones yep first of all like just that's pretty much her entire face through like seasons two three and four yeah uh prior to her dying her hair black she's just deadpan face uh holy shit i forgot her name i'm gonna i'm just gonna let you chew on this for a while sansa good lord (laughs) wow yeah no the show's over doesn't matter all the characters are dead to me um but yeah no she does the deadpan kind of the like going dead inside look yeah Yeah. (laughs) she does a good dead inside she's married to a jonas brothers i'm just kidding (laughs) um yeah no she has a good moments uh her anger when she gets angry it just doesn't feel like she's angry she yeah. doesn't have a good angry i mm, i think part of that's a problem of she might have been directed that she wasn't actually feeling angry it was sort of this uncontrollable force inside her she was definitely angry when she wasn't like when oh i can't that's a spoiler mm. Moving on. I think we got to be careful with our spoilers. Yeah. The more we discuss, the more we'll get into spoilery. Yep, okay. Um, um, 
those those people are all good. What else? Jennifer Lawrence was weirdly almost a weak link. That's what I was gonna say. She really didn't care much. I think the very opening scene she was good, and then didn't have anything to do after that. There's a very different characterization between her in the opening scene and her the rest of the movie. Yeah, like down to even I was noticing the posture. Yeah, like like she was much more confident in the first one, and in the rest right. of the movie she's just kind of like. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, let's see. Um, is that all the performances? I think it's all the perform all the noteworthy performances. Yeah, I mean, Ty Sheridan is who Cyclops. Ah. He's all right. He's fine. Does what he needs to do. Uh, I'm trying to stick to good things because there's stuff I want to mention in bad. Okay. Uh, uh, what are other? What are the other like typical? Oh, the plot in general. Uh, I guess that gets more into bad. <laughs> there's a lot of the good stuff I felt like was moments. The combat. Yeah. The fight scenes. Fight scenes were generally like good. in the train was a great fight scene that, yes um it was like it felt it felt like it should have been cheesy when they all got up and posed but it didn't yeah because it was literally just them like getting in a stance to actually fucking fight this yeah horde of zombie shit people um it's not really a spoiler um they're also not zombies yeah uh but then that that whole scene was great and like mm-hmm. And it, it didn't feel like any of them were just holding back their powers. Yeah. The entire movie. Yeah. And, like, that's that's a common issue with superhero movies, especially, like, people like Superman, where it just feels like you could end this in a single flick of a finger. Yeah. You've but, either got to nerf him or actually let him win it with a single yeah, flick of the finger. Read they, Justice League. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they paired the people up just well enough. Like, putting... Putting uh, Professor X against another mentalist mm-hmm. was a great way of evening that battlefield. Yeah, because he Professor X is a character that can get way overpowered way like way too yeah. quickly. Yeah, but putting him in a position where he actually doesn't have complete control of the entire battlefield mm-hmm. very much made the fight feel more natural, exactly more realistic. Yep, um, and just like, um overwhelmed like horde horde mentality or not horde mentality horde horde situation mm-hmm. made it easier for all of them to actually just let loose right um it was it actually was a, we were actually able to see their battle instincts mm-hmm. and it didn't even rely on their uh teamwork level all the teamwork seemed to have gone out the window except for a couple of moments with it, nightcrawler it, it did come back together yeah nightcrawler um cyclops yeah, I mean, it, there was there was some teamwork in there. Well, uh, was... something in the train one particularly. That one was really just them all on their own until, until like Beast mm. went up to help Storm out. I I think there was there were several moments. There's Storm helping Magneto at one point, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, if you, I mean, I, I yeah, like. there's yeah, there's a few. It, it's but it, it it felt organic. It wasn't like okay, yeah. we're gonna force these people to fight back to back, and it's gonna be awesome. But it yeah. also wasn't we're just gonna show them exactly on their own doing precisely yeah. their own thing yeah. we're gonna it's gonna feel like a natural superhero fight and we yeah. did a, i'm gonna say a good not great job of making it like using powers in interesting ways because it was a lot of just okay i'm gonna hit you with my lightning i'm gonna hit you with my eye beams i'm gonna hit you with something metal yeah but it it 
did feel like they were doing different things slightly. They made an interesting use of reflection. Yes. That was a pretty interesting, that was a pretty cool moment. That was a very cool little moment. I like that. Um, What was the thing that made all the, oh, uh, there's a moment that Nightcrawler kind of snaps. Yes. And he teleports a person in front of a train, and oh. he just smiles at her and disappears, and you see the train. <laughs> like, that was actually a really well done shot. Because mm-hmm. it's it's one of those like the audience realizes things as different people realize as yeah. the people in the scene realize it. Yes, you're like, where did he put her? I kind of like uh, he was holding on to her, and I thought it was like up in the up in the sky. Uh-huh. And he like once he disappeared, she would fall. But then he disappeared, and then you just see the light. And you're like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was a good that was that a good was, shot. Yep. Um, is that crawler traditionally a bad guy? Uh. I feel like they may have been going towards that with this. He's... I thought, with the original X-Men movies, I thought he was usually a team member of Magneto. Um, Well, in the re- he only showed up in X2, which is part of what makes the movie so great. Hmm. Um, He starts out as a bad guy, but kind of becomes a good guy. He's sort of, um, if I'm remembering rightly, and my understanding is correct, he's usually sort of a good guy with anti-hero tendencies okay um so they kind of represented that in this one yeah yeah i think so stab somebody in the neck yep i was waiting for him to use his tail Mm because he hadn't been using it he'd just been teleporting and been like the guy that just teleports people right he's just the door person right (laughs) he's he's fucking iron fist he just uses his powers to make doors (laughs) (laughs) um uh yeah, so the combat was really good. Yep. Um, anything else good, non-spoilers? There were a lot of really little effective visual moments, I thought. Such um, as? There was, a, I thought, a really good use of reflection right in the very, very beginning. Um, it actually is kind of spoilery. Okay. Um. I don't, I'm not remembering many of them off the top of my head, but there were four or five that I kind of was like, I'm going to file that away because I thought that was cool. And, and none and of them got filed away. Well, that one did. And, um, let's see. Oh, there was a, a shot that I don't know why I really liked. Just, it was kind of facing down the street as Magneto was walking into that house where like everyone's running away and he's just got like this purposeful anti-hero walk in oh yeah i thought that was really cool all the magneto stuff was really cool i like the way that he was oh the flight effects were phenomenal yeah it was it felt very like it actually was happening yeah i just uh, sophie turner looks convincing and good floating around in just normal clothes yeah which is is weird that shouldn't work yeah it, it totally did i think we like finally got a good look at what would look like if people actually flew Yep. I feel like if you're flying that fast, though, your skin's going to peel off or something horrible. Yeah, probably. Yep. <laughs> uh, bad? Uh, plot overall was just kind of lukewarm. I, I liked but did not love it, and then all of a sudden, the train fight felt like a great sort of second act break. Yeah. And then the third act was about 30 seconds. Yeah. That's, I kind of felt the same thing. And like I, when, when the third act kind of finale fight scene was happening, 
I was like, it was like the end, and I was like, was that train fight sequence, the third act fight sequence? Because mm-hmm. I realized, like thinking back, you can clearly see the acts, the act like moments, right? If, if like for us, if we if you know where the actual acts are, mm-hmm. um, but it just felt like oh, act three, act two, kind of fight. Back to Act Three, and I was like, like thinking back, yeah, that's very much the case. Yeah, it just doesn't feel like an Act Three level fight. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's a it's a great fight, but just I guess kind of the emotional trajectory of the movie up to that point made it feel like that should be the low point. Yeah, and then they immediately bring it up to the conclusion. So yeah, um, I was just gonna say something, and it was gonna be pretty profound, but I kind of forgot what it was. You're a profound person. Uh, profoundly stupid. Profoundly profound. I, I feel like you're insulting me, but I'm not entirely sure how. I am perpetually uh, insulting you in my brain. Well, yeah, but I feel like this time it's spilling out and I don't understand it. That's the point. Okay. I remember what I was going to say. <laughs> We're both pretty tired. I was going to say, if this movie had a half hour more runtime and one and a half times as many balls, it would be great. Yeah. Because there's a couple of moments where it's like, okay, they pulled a punch, and if they had let that punch land, it would have been a little better. Um, they had a feminism moment that felt like it was a shut up kind of feminism moment. Like was, it was, it was oof. a keep, it was a keep the audience, or it was a keep the the feminists quiet kind of moment. The, the, there was the a ones moment who, where who don't recognize good writing. <laughs> yeah, so basically, it's not a spoiler. Hmm. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence Mystique says, uh, "You know, it seems like it's mostly the uh, women saving the men. Uh, you should probably consider changing it to the ex women." And it's like, "Ooh, got him!" But like. Oh, just kind of a bitter writing. taste in the mouth, Ugotum. Yeah. <laughs> and also just like Like if they'd done something to if they'd done something to like uh capitalize on that at the very end, like they change it to the X Fighters or something like that, where they make it gender neutral. It would have still been bad writing, but But like it would have capitalized on that yeah. that moment. Especially given that certain moment that happens with with Mystique mm. that like right. Would have made that a bit more emotional. It it felt very much like the movie was in the editing process, and some studio head came in and he's like, "Well, uh, let's see. Brett Ratner, who directed Last Stand, has disappeared under a mound of bad sex stuff allegations and Me Too stuff. Uh, Brian Singer's got some unpleasant stuff simmering about him. We need a feminism moment." And so they ex women. They shot one over the weekend and stuffed it yeah. in the movie somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So I wish that they'd honestly like. And that's the thing. It's for us being white males. It's kind of hard for us to make comments about like uh, racial and gender, like equality and stuff like that. Yep. But I I will say I definitely enjoy well written equality moments. Mm-hmm. And some even, like, not even super well-written moments. Like, the uh, in-game girl power moment was pretty cool. Just objectively made no sense whatsoever. Right. This one was just poorly written, and I was just like, eh. Yeah. Uh. I have <laughs> I have an essay percolating in my head that I've been meaning to write about this. Yeah. 
because I'm the right guy to write a, it an just essay feel, about girl it just power feels like, in movies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it just <laughs> feels like Hollywood is just telling the feminists to shut up. We'll do we'll, like, well, like the it's like the shut up kind of raise that I got recently. I got a one percent raise. Hmm. I feel like that was just kind of like a you didn't do bad enough to not get a raise and you're not doing good enough to get a decent raise. They'll just kind of get this to shut you up. Mm-hmm. I kind of, you always get those. Like when you work at like fast food, they give you like a 10 cent raise and it's just like, yeah. all right, fucking assholes. Um, so yeah, that was yep. weird. Yep. Um, visual effects <laughs> did not look great overall. Yeah. All of Storm's stuff. The lightning mm-hmm. was just bad. Yeah. The the whole like it looked it looked like budget Thor. You know what? That's a good way to put it. Like I'll take it. Her just standing there and doing lightning would have been cool if the lightning looked like lightning and yeah. not like the what's it called? The um the Tesla or the Tesla coil? Yeah. Or the, the the little magic ball thing that you yeah. put your fingers on. Yeah, the, that's that's what it looked like. Yeah. And it didn't even sound like electric. It sounded like uh, twanging metal. It didn't. Like twanging metal wires. It didn't feel like lightning. It, it didn't, didn't feel have, like lightning. It didn't have the weight to it that it was, lightning's zip, supposed it was, to have. It was static electricity. Static, yeah, static electricity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, ugh. Yeah. Um, Although I will say, quick science uh, sub note, I've never understood why it's called static electricity because it's like, I understand if it's static electricity if it's like, if the, if it's the electrons built up on your hand, mm-hmm. but the moment you like you know get close to the doorknob, that electricity is not static anymore because it's moving from your finger to the doorknob. Right, but it's electricity that's coming from that stasis. Yeah, but it's no longer. But you zapping, not you going. That static electricity is not technically true. If you yeah, like, rub your... it is because that's the thing we've decided to name static electricity. <laughs> Doesn't make sense, like linguistically though. Kind of does. No, like like rubbing your feet on a wool carpet, wool carpet, wool socks on a carpet, and you're going, I have static electricity in me because there is electricity that is just stagnant in you in you right now, ready mm-hmm. to go. But then the moment you touch it, it that's the electrons being literally not static. Right. It's the <laughs> discharge of that static electricity, which we kind of say shorthand static electricity. So we just call it static discharge. Okay. Call it that. Okay. We've solved the problems. With discharge. With discharge. That is a word that, the more you think about it, the weirder it gets. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Just think about, just let yourself sit in a quiet room, in a dark, quiet room for five minutes. Just think about the word discharge, and you will leave that room a different person. (laughs) Look, I'm tired. It's been a long week. No, it hasn't. It's been a super easy week. Moving on. Moving on. Um, Anything? Did you ever read uh, Dark Phoenix? I didn't. I skimmed the Wikipedia summary. Good enough. Anything noteworthy that's not spoilery? This is pretty much entirely different. Oh, of course. Um, it's a lot of the details kind of are plucked from the comics. Uh, part of the problem, though, is the comics rely on like a massive celestial backstory that the X-Men movies just don't have. Yeah. X-Men movies haven't had aliens or extraterrestrial force of any kind or any Mm -hmm. sort of cosmic power at all. And so any attempt to try to introduce that side of the universe in what's really the final movie is it's it's naturally going to feel forced. It's naturally going to feel very out of left field. And 
it, you know, it kind of did. Like, I can tell that they were trying to capture that comics, I guess, ambition mm-hmm. for the screen, but also make it so that it felt like it logically came logically came out of the movies that had come before. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just it's yeah, it's like trying to do uh do fourth world kind of stuff when you've only had two movies before. Yep. DC yep. trying to bring dark side and shit into that when you've only introduced Batman, Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman and Superman. Mhm. Yeah. So it's I'm way too amused by this. It's very amusing. I've got a little piece of paper. And like it's just it's a pretty long, pretty thin strip of paper. Yeah. But when I like bring it tight it makes really a little little sound it's very very exciting and depending on how hard i tighten it determines the pitch that's exciting i wonder if any of this gets picked up if none know. of this gets picked up it's just us talking about something weird and there's silence between yep <laughs> <laughs> that was me just breaking the paper all right let's put that to rest yes uh so in general it feels like it's an awkward midpoint between trying to follow the comics faithfully and trying to follow the movies faithfully. Um, it stays reasonably consistent to, I think, what the spirit of the thing is supposed to be. It's sort of a tragic story of uh, someone with some, some issues who has the opportunity to become a god and then has an arc from there. Uh, in first class, how did they explain Magneto's tragic backstory? Because he used to be a Holocaust survivor. Yeah, they they left it at that. Still that? Well, because it opens with it. Well, Kevin Bacon's character was the the scientist that was in the concentration camp that was like, oh, this kid's got powers. Let's how old is he those. supposed to be in this movie? I mean, this wasn't. It's 1990. The movie cuts to 1990, and he's about like 40. Yeah. How the fuck old is Michael Fassbender in this movie? Does it cut to 19? It cuts to 1990. I'm dead wow. serious. I made note of that. I was like, oh, cool. Okay. Like when it cuts to um, him sitting, or uh, cuts to uh, mm-hmm. X sitting in his office, it's like 1990. Okay. I'm like, all right. Well, doesn't make a lot of sense. Oh, no. It's 92. 92. Yes, it's 92 because it does a uh it does it starts with a rocket launch. It cuts forward to the rocket launch. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, was there a rocket launch in 92? Yeah. Which one? The Wasn't this Endeavor one? Space Shuttle. Oh, was that one? That was actual footage from that. Oh, yeah. So 92. It was 92. Mhm. How the fuck old is, uh, is Magneto? Well, he's probably born at the latest at the late 30s. If he movies. is old enough to express his powers, he's probably like at least like eight. So I was thinking like six. Okay. Let's say six. Let's say that concentration camp scene is, I think it's 45. 40. We'll put it at the latest let's we can. Let's put it at 45. So he's born in 39, which means come 92, he's what, 53? That is not a 53-year-old man. I mean, have you seen Brad Pitt these days? Brad Pitt's in his 60s. Okay. Brad Pitt's one of those actors that doesn't age. <laughs> Magneto's not a character that doesn't or not an actor that doesn't age yeah because by 2000 or I guess the near future for 2000 he's Ian McKellen (laughs) he's got a rough 10 years (laughs) 
<laughs> that fucking chess game he plays with uh, with uh, <laughs> Professor X. Yep. Which can I say real quick? I low key have telepathic powers because you know that thing where you put a pawn of each color in uh-huh. both hands and you put it out and leave them to pick. Uh, now I do after that movie. So that's a, that's a common thing that chess players will do if you can't if you don't have a particular reason for one side to play of one color, mm-hmm. just like in casual games. I can't remember the last time I've guessed wrong. Really? I don't know how, but I can always tell. Huh. And he put his hands up there, and I was like, okay, that one's white, that one's black. And he picked the hand that was white, and I was like, okay, that was it. You know what would be funny? What's that? If, uh, I wish they put us in, this is, this is not a spoiler. Magneto and Professor X play a chess game at the end. It's a fucking constant theme through the entire X-Men series franchise. Yep. It's not a big thing. Um, he holds out his hands. Part of me wanted him to, like, kind of let go and you see that he's got a white pawn on the other hand, too. Because he's doing the guess which hand to a guy with telepathic powers. He's going to fucking pick the white one regardless. So it's almost him just going, like, just for the principle of the matter, just pick a hand. They're both white because you're going to pick the white regardless. (laughs) I kind of wanted that to happen. Yeah. Of course, I also feel like uh, Xavier has enough respect for the game that he doesn't use his powers while playing. Oh, yeah, no, I'm sure. Like, I mean, there's a there's a little throwaway line at the beginning when um, Hank is doing some tests on Jean, and she reads his mind, and he's like, did you just read my yeah. mind without permission? Like, there's clearly some sort yeah. of etiquette in this. Oh, world. they've always, like, they've always... They've, they've, yeah. Since, they've like, that. the first X-Men movie, there's, there's always been, like, it, he's not constantly reading everyone's mind. Like, he can... Right. He doesn't have to all the time. Yeah, and it's uh, kind of rude, too. Yeah. And so there's, there's rules. It, Nah. <laughs> uh, so spoiler. All right. Let's, let's spoil. Oh wait. Uh, we have to. Oh, we got to do a rating. Review, rating. I'm thinking. I'm still not entirely sure how I feel about this movie because I really liked most of the pieces, but it just doesn't come together super well. We'll say a thumb and a half up, but that half thumb that's missing is just it's it's for that that extra one and a half testicles that it needed and the extra half hour of runtime all right um i so to stick to the food thing because i think we've decided that i am just sticking to food food metaphors this is when you go to a really nice restaurant but it's like right at closing Mm. and you're like hey can i have this and they're like sorry we're out of that can I, all right, can I have this? Sorry, we closed our deep fryers. All right, fucking, what can I have? And they're like, I don't know why we gave you a choice. All we have is this this one thing we can give you. Mm-hmm. And they give it to you, and it's just, it's all right. Mm-hmm. But, like, you're just kind of like, yeah, well, fuck. Like, they just kind of gave you what, like, they didn't really care because they're closing anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> okay. That's a little on the nose, but... Yeah, well, you know what? It's a metaphor. Metaphors can sometimes just be directly on the nose. Yep. Oh, okay, spoilers. Spoilers. Like the milk that they gave you when you went to closing. A little spoiled. Nah. Spoilers. Spoilers. Spoiling things. We're going to spoil this movie. Yep. Um... Trailer's kind of uh... spoiled this movie already. Huh? Trailer's kind of spoiled this movie already. Not... Not really. I mean, they spoiled the only meaningful death until the end. Sorry, what? <laughs> they spoiled the only meaningful death until the end. What do you mean? 
They show the Mystique death. They don't actually show her dying. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They show her get force-pushed and yeah. shocked aftermath. Oh, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, they were super inconsistent with... They're always this inconsistent with like what the telepathic powers require in motions. Sometimes Professor X needs to put his fingers up to his head. Sometimes he doesn't. I feel... Sometimes she has to use her hands to push people. Sometimes she doesn't. I, I feel like... It's there's a reasonable. I thought of that during the movie, and I immediately jumped to the rationalization that they can just do whatever with their powers. But it kind of helps them subconsciously focus and focus on a particular thing. It's almost channeling it, and so yeah. uh, they're gonna instinctively do their hand motions. Because there yeah. was that that moment where Gene uh, and Magneto are fighting over the control of the helicopter. Yeah. On his little island. And they both put one hand up and then they both put two hands up. And I was like, okay, well, this is a little on the nose. We're trying to show the intensity ramping up for the audience. But at the same time, like, okay, you're going to, you, it, it feels instinctive and natural to put your hand out because you grew up watching Star Wars as yeah. explicitly as referenced in uh, Apocalypse. They, is it really? They come out of a movie theater having seen, um, I think Return of the Jedi. Oh. Uh. Yeah, and they talk about it briefly. There's some awful on-the-nose comment about the third one always being the worst. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, I don't remember that. Yeah. That's great. Okay. Um, but you grew up in a world where, yeah, this is how you use the Force. You thrust your arm out there. Yeah. Okay. This isn't working. I need to, like, double down. Well, how does my mind interpret that? Well, i got to put my other hand up. you got to double your power, double your hands. Exactly. I mean, it, it, it made sense to me. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll forgive it. I'll let it pass. Okay. I'm not a little springy. Yep. Wow. I'm tired. Um, so good. Spoilers. Good. Good. Um, as much as I wanted Jean to fully die at the end, mm-hmm. kind of happy she didn't like, I'm kind of happy that it ended up being like a, uh, um, redemption story rather than she fucking murders everybody and dies. Yeah. Well, I mean the, so the ending in the comics is, she realizes that she has to sacrifice herself. Otherwise she's just going to end up killing people and destroying people. Yeah. Um, and this, I mean, the movie sort of goes along with that problem is it doesn't have the emotional buildup. Yeah. Super well, because it immediately cuts from good second act low point to third act conclusion with very little reason for her to go from conflicted, but homicidal and starting to enjoy her powers yeah full-on i have to protect my family yeah um so i I didn't buy that and i think part of that's actually apocalypse's fault because we're supposed to have some of those emotional stakes built up from that movie yeah and it a couple a crop lips a crop a crap pile lips crap yeah probably that's that's pretty close to yeah that's accurate did a didn't do a good job of building up the emotional stakes in these characters, uh-huh. and so we don't have that investment. And yeah, that hurts. That hurts it. Yeah. Um. Oh the the shot at the beginning that I thought was really cool. Yes. Uh, inside the car where it kind of pans and you see the mom's eyes in the rearview mirror when it's upside down, and like yeah, that was a like a shocking moment. Yeah, and it like kind of comes in and you see the blood on her head and her dead yeah. eyes, and it just focuses on it for a minute. Yeah, that was pretty interesting. Or that pretty was because cool. yeah. like that that allows for because I mean like 
kind of a recurring theme with people killing other people in movies for them to like recurring kind of what makes them regret it later is the whole comment about like, I saw the light leave their eyes. Mm -hmm. Um, looking a dead person in the eyes is much more jarring than seeing the back of their head. Yeah. So like for her, this realization of her, what she did is much more impactful for her to be able for her to have seen the eyes in the mirror of her mother, of her dead mother, mm-hmm. than just like seeing her, the dead arm, like on the ground, like yeah. it was. Yeah. Um, so I think that was a really good way of adding that impact of her realization of what she did. Yeah. And um, I think, I think showing it from her perspective in that way. Yeah. It, Puts you more in the emotions. Yeah. More effectively. Um, I forgot what I was going to... Oh, yeah. Uh, the death of Mystique. I actually really liked that she really didn't get last words mm-hmm. as much. Um, there was kind of a point where she was just like, just need to catch my breath. Like, I kind of got what she was trying to say. She's like, I just need to catch my breath. Mm-hmm. And then she couldn't keep talking. Yeah. Because it was it was very much, her lungs are punctured. She can't fucking talk. Yeah. That's and, breath ain't never being caught. And they owned that. They were yeah. like, just got to catch my breath. And then all the air is gone from her lungs and she can't, she doesn't have any more. So she can't say anything. So she's trying to say something, but she fucking can't. Yeah. And then there's, um, I said the hound and then the monster. What the fuck's his name? <laughs> beast 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 is like a, just an emotional fucking wreck and he can't say anything back yeah because he's just it's a it's a brutal scene it's, yeah that's one of the punches that it lets land early yeah and if it had kept landing a couple more of those through the movie it would have been a much better movie i wish they didn't like linger too far over or too long over her shoulder because like you know from the moment she hits it and everyone's realization mm-hmm. that she is dead, but they still try to make it like, we're not going to reveal it yet. We're not. And it's just like, we, we know I th- everyone knows. Think I'm not positive on this. So don't quote me on it. He said saying it to be posted publicly on the internet. Yeah. Uh, I think that if you want to keep it PG 13, you're limited on your screen time with that kind of imagery. Uh huh. So I think they had to be real deliberate about how they edited it. They've got to limit the fucking gore. They had her explode people, and there was a few, like, meaty chunks. No, that was, like, CGI dust. There were meaty chunks. No, there weren't. There were absolutely meaty chunks. There weren't. Those were absolutely meaty chunks. I was looking for the meaty chunks. I also was looking for the meaty chunks, chunks, and there were several meaty chunks. No, it was, like, CGI, just alien reduced to atoms. Uh... I think they were meaty chunks. I like to think of them as meaty chunks. Okay. You're you're welcome to think of them as meaty chunks. <laughs> um You know so I uh, we need to get back to good after this, but pretty poor use of the one fuck. Yeah. That that also felt like it was edited in three months afterwards where they're yeah. like, Oh, we forgot to use our F word. We couldn't get Hugh Jackman for a cameo. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like uh, I mean I Kind of the way that I imagined it after seeing that scene was like they give every actor an opportunity to drop the f bomb in one of their lines mm-hmm. to make it emotional. He just happened to make it the best. Like everyone else's was just kind of like not useful. They just chose the best one of the three, mm-hmm. uh, and or of the three of the multiple. Like everyone had a chance to say fuck, mm-hmm. but they just like in one of their lines. So there's there's a take. In all of the movie, there's another take of each scene where someone said fuck. Yeah. 
but his just happened to be like the okayest one. You know when it really would have landed probably really well was uh, that scene at the kitchen table where um, oh. Sergey Holt just lays into Professor X. Dude. That's emotional. That's a good scene. Yeah. I was not entirely sure how the glass broke, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't see where he hit. So it just, <laughs> like, I saw him, like, like kind of go for the slap. Mm-hmm. But then just shit shattered off the table, and it's like, okay, I guess, I guess he dropped the glass. Yeah, um, that was a good scene, though. Yeah, just like Professor X comes in and he rolls in and he tries to do his little kindly face and his little sort of canned speech that you know he's been thinking up for an hour in his head, but tries to make sound spontaneous yeah. and heartwarming. And Beast ain't buying none of that bullcrap. <laughs> he sits there and he smashes that glass and he tells him what everyone is thinking. Yeah, and it is a great moment professor x is definitely the most self-righteous character in all of the x-men and having yeah. beast just lay the fuck into him it's, was a great scene it's satisfying Holy shit, it's emotional and like justifiably so because my phone a... keeps lighting up for snapchat messages <laughs> i'm just like ah. uh, no but it's it's emotional it's justifiably so because it comes after the brutal mystique death mm-hmm. and the the i think the great that's that's still part of that whole Hans Zimmer track that I really really like where it's like tonic minor key tonic dominant and then down to a different key Mm -hmm. tonic dominant and it's just it's it's a really interesting progression and I kind of want to sit at a piano and work it out um the only thing that I I wish they could have capitalized on more with that is his admittance to it all being his fault later mm. just felt pretty half-assed yeah that was again i think part of where they needed another half hour to yeah. hash out how the emotional arc was gonna satisfyingly resolve yeah uh, it just it didn't yep that emotional arc flatlined yep um what else was good uh the music oh, <laughs> another another moment i really liked that i thought of uh was when gene says walk to me and then she just like picks him up and marionettes oh, him that was another brutal like they let that punch land yeah where she's like going full psycho yeah that was that was good i really liked that yep um i thought mysterio was dead mysterio <laughs> magneto mystique and magneto mysterio yeah uh i thought magneto was dead that was he got one... stabbed yeah i thought he was dead i I was really hoping she was going to do, like, full helmet crumple on his head. Yeah. That'd be a great death. But also... PG-13. You, you, you kind, and you also kind of... I mean, you can show it off screen and do it with enough implication. Yeah. Um. But, well, then we don't have him for the train fight, and he's kind of important in that. Yeah, when you're in a, t- in a metal tube... You need the... You need the metal, the metal guy. dude. Metal dude, metal tube. Yeah, I'm glad... <laughs> I, you, you, did, you did better with that one than I did. Uh... Which, speaking of, in the train fight, him just, like, crumpling that car. That was such a good... Like, him, his... I've always loved... I'm a... Magneto. I'm gonna say that again. Mm -hmm. I've always loved Magneto that's just, like, super powerful and just kind of lazy with his movements. Mm -hmm. Where he's just, like, one movement and an entire train just, like, crumples to an eighth of its size. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's just, like... Yep, and they're all like you can just like see them all just. It's a great scene. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. 
Sorry, I I just watched like uh I just watched uh Chernobyl. There's a scene with a helicopter that just constantly played in my head every time that a helicopter was seen in this movie. Mm. That you'll see whenever you get around to watching it. Okay. Uh I did like that scene of Gene just shredding a helicopter and shrapnel going everywhere. Yeah. That was a little bit harrowing. Yeah. I was honestly wishing there were going to be a little more of that. Because... Yeah, that was, man, just because having that danger, like every time you ever see a helicopter go crazy, mm-hmm. somebody dies. Yep. Like someone gets like shrapnel goes flying and into someone's face or something. Yeah. Um. Well, not not. I'm thinking. I just thought of like four different occasions where it doesn't end up with someone dead. Yep. But oh well. Um. What else was not great? Oh, are we doing bad now? Oh, yeah, I guess. I mean, do we have anything else that's good? Um, I'm sure I'll think of other stuff. Yeah. But. It gets, towards the end of our reviews, we always just get really disorganized. Yeah. Um. What happens that's bad? The aliens are stupid. Oh, God. The whole, that whole, that whole, I almost want to call it a subplot. Yeah. Because it's so unnecessary for the entire thing. Yeah. It's just a catalyst to piss her off and then make her realize who the real bad guys are. Yeah. Her, her like, Jessica Chastain's just awkward little, we will destroy you all line when she's yeah. hugging Jean to get the power out the first time. And that's yeah. when Charles realizes, like, that's just, oh, so much bad monologuing packed into, like, five words. Yeah. Not... One-dimensional villains. Yeah. Fox has never really been that great at making villains. When I think about it, I could be crazy. You could be, because uh, Magneto would beg to differ. Okay, uh, <laughs> Magneto's a, a comic character. They got his like whole backstory from the comics. Who the fuck were these people? They're from the comics. Oh. they're part of the story. Oh, yeah. Honestly. The moment I saw one of them like change, I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, please let this be the uh, the scrolls." The scrolls. <laughs> that would be so hilarious because I just like pictured like a Fox executive and they were like working on the like or the writer mm-hmm. was like writing this movie and then went and saw Captain Marvel. Even <laughs> though this movie, or like they were like they were like not paying attention to Marvel and they wrote this movie and they started filming. And, like, nobody really knew that they were the scrolls because they hadn't, like, filmed the one scene where they actually real- reveal it's the scrolls. And then everyone goes, like, all these stars go and see Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. And they and the writers sitting, everyone, no one else knows, but the writers sitting there going, fuck! <laughs> 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 Shit. Ah, uh, they're not the scrolls. They're the skulls. <laughs> <laughs> i just love that like image that played in my head the moment i saw it. i was like oh there could be scrolls and then i just played that whole scene in my head uh as much as i didn't like the aliens that like first shot of them walking up out of the trees and that the was dark, terrifying. that was creepy yeah um so what exactly is their powers uh vague cosmic comic bookery good enough for me I'm not gonna google it because what are they called? I don't want to. The baggy. Oh, that's something right. Like that. They do. They do say something. They do, they mentioned it D- a couple of them. Dabari. Dabari. That might Dibari. be it. Dabari. Yeah. Dabari are fictional alien race. 
Fucking shocker. Okay. Uh, Need that much. I know they are a key part of the Dark Phoenix storyline, but um, again, I skimmed the Wikipedia entry, so yeah, doesn't matter. All right. Uh, what else was bad in this? Uh, the music was the worst. It's particularly the points where there wasn't any. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime there wasn't Hans Zimmer music, um, really, it it did. I didn't cry a single time. Yep. All the emotional attempts just fell flat. Yeah. Just like an overarching bad. Just it didn't like I never felt anything. It never really I think there were a lot of emotional moments that I liked. The um the very beginning sort of the conversations conversation conversations with Charles and Young Jean. I kind of liked how that was working emotionally. Kid actor was pretty good. Yeah, she was solid. She did what she needed she to do. Um, the dad reveal was done insanely poorly. Yeah. Um, I never thought he was dead. Yeah. Like, I knew the mom was dead because you saw her dead eyes. Yeah. But the, his hands were moving in yeah, the car. Yeah, you see him moving. Like, and I'm just like, ah, oh, cool, he survived. I think we're supposed to realize that he's alive. I think... Uh, it was it was a clumsy way of trying to plant that seed in the back of your mind because it's supposed to you need it didn't to, plant the seed it planted the tree yeah it moved you to the tree because <laughs> I, I I see why they did it because they needed it to make sense when he showed up later and not just be a completely out of left field twist yeah but at the same time it just it I imagine that was really hard to do he but. could totally have been unconscious yeah you can get knocked unconscious when you get in a wreck yeah but then they don't plant the seed at all that he's still alive you can they can do it in a better way i'm I'm sure they could have i can't think of it off the top of my head um not gonna try yeah uh no the uh the we we talked about the um larfley's holt smashing the glass that was a good emotional scene the what larfley's holt oh Lar. Geronimo Holt. Oh my god, I thought you were like combining a character into one of the characters, and I was like, which character was like Larfleys? <laughs> like Jessica Chastain's character is vaguely Larfleys. She's like, it's mine! It's mine! <laughs> I get uh, what you're saying. Larfleys Holt. Yep. Yep. Uh, that was a good emotional scene. The, mm-hmm. uh, the Mystique death scene was good. Um, emotionally speaking, but it, it never went anywhere. Yeah. There was moments. It was not direction. I will say, who's the guy that plays uh, um, Cyclops? Uh, Ty Sheridan. He's not fantastic at emotional romantic stuff. Yeah, not so much. All of his romantic scenes were very bland. Yeah, there wasn't a ton of chemistry. Yeah. Which, again, part of the problem might be Apocalypse there. They didn't have any time to build up that relationship. Honestly, I completely forgot she was in Apocalypse. It was like thinking back, I'm like, which I just... The whole time I was questioning if she was in Apocalypse or not. I, was like, I think she's the one that says the third one's always the worst. Oh, of course. <laughs> uh, Man, wasn't this supposed to be the one that, like, we're going to do it right? Yeah. They didn't. Not really. Yep. I, st- I don't know. I mean, it, I still haven't decided how I feel about it because I liked so many bits and pieces there's enough fun scenes that if it's somewhere free and like someone wants to see it i'll watch it again yeah i think i'm higher on it than you are because i 
I genuinely felt like I enjoyed it, but I it could have been so much more. Yeah. And I think I've gotten pretty good at overcoming that where like if I like it but I it, it feels like missed potential, I'm willing to accept it for what it is and I'm very proud of myself. I think I've matured a lot as a person. Yeah. I just neither of my two uh surefire ways of telling if I liked a movie happened. Mm-hmm. I didn't choke up once and I didn't clap once. Yeah. So I just kind of like that's a pretty good indicator as to how I felt about it. Yep. Um, I need the emotions. I need the feels. Not, I had, I had a a hand over the mouth moment and a maniacal chuckle moment. So where was the hand over the mouth moment? Uh, I think it was. Yeah, it was the the whole Xavier scene. Uh, um, I like how you go with Holt, the actor, and then Xavier the character. Yep. <laughs> Good old Bruce Holt. <laughs> yep. Uh, I already used Bruce. What? I've already used Bruce. Mm, not today. I, think I used it earlier. I thought about it earlier. Mm. Oh, well. Um, anything else? <sighs> Jessica Chastain also does like really good stoic face. It's a pity that it's just like the worst character in the history of characters. Oh yeah, God, just all of that—the alien race, yeah, the Dubai, the Dubai, Dubai characters. Yeah, yeah fuck all them. It's- uh, what was Storm's accent? <laughs> uh, vaguely Middle Eastern. She's not particularly regional. Well, she's from she's from Egypt per apocalypse. Oh, that's right. Um, so I mean, I don't know what an Egyptian accent. I should know what an Egyptian sound, accent sounds like. Uh, not that. I'll tell you that much right now. I don't know. It didn't stick out to me as bad. I played uh, Assassin's Creed Origins, which is set in Egypt, and all of those accents. Apparently, a lot of them were, like, spot on. Okay. And some of the actors are just straight-up Egyptian. Mm-hmm. So, not that. Um, also, was Jean Grey supposed to have a British accent? No, but it definitely came through. <laughs> that it did. <laughs> there was a few points I was like, Sophie, come on. Oh, uh, you're better than this. <laughs> yeah, that, uh... There was several, I was, uh, actually, when she was talking to her dad, or when she came out talking to, screaming at them, I was, like, listening. Boy, was that, that was a canned American accent. Ooh, yeah. Not There was not a few good. words where it was just full on yeah. British. <laughs> it's um, like the Tom Holland walking into the sandwich shop going, oh, might you I? <laughs> it's like, did you guys realize that I was super British at that point? Yeah. Uh, yep. Yep, yep. All right. All right. You're the one that does the the kickoff to the end. If you're whenever you're ready to call it. Shoust we. Oh sure, we should shoust it. Uh thanks guys for listening. If you're fucking I don't know how we end this. Uh you can find uh leave us comments about how you felt about the movie. Uh if you if you agree or disagree with all of our opinions. Um you can send us a very long just asshole message on uh, Gmail at uh, our Gmail is justicelosterspod at gmail.com. Nailed it. Um, we are on Twitter at justusloserspod. Two for two. Let's keep it going. Uh, we're on Instagram at justusloserspod. Three Same for three. Handle. You're on a roll. Uh, we're on Facebook. Fucking find us. Uh, <laughs> it's not hard. <laughs> four uh, for four. We're on SoundCloud. 
I fucking likely you're listening to this or on iTunes, which is you're it, they're mutually exclusive. If you're listening on one, you're not going to listen to the other. So I don't know why we ever talk about this. Listen I always to us. listen on both. I listen to us on SoundCloud and then I listen to us on iTunes. Well, you're lame for listening to us in general. This is true. Um, we do have a YouTube account. Don't go there. We'll have stuff posted eventually. Yep. Um, what's the next movie that's coming out that we're doing? Probably Spider-Man. Splooger-Man. That's less than a month. Splooger-Man 2. This will be the first sequel. Yeah. It's the first time that we'll be reviewing a second movie of a series. That we also reviewed the first movie. Yeah. Unless you count Infinity War Endgame. Not really. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, uh, those are our things. Um, go, those are also the places you can check out our normal podcast, which I believe this next upcoming episode we are talking about toys that we had as ch- as children and the ways that they would come to life and murder us brutally. Yep. Because we are uh, we're combining the fact that Toy Story is coming out and Chuck or uh, not Chucky, uh, Chucky, the Child's Play. Child's Play. Is it Child's Play? Or it's Child's Play. Yeah. Yeah, cosplay is coming out. So, you know, toys coming to life and murdering people. Yep. So, we thought that was fitting and out. Yep. That, I believe, is it. Yep. Thank you guys for listening. Bye. 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 Oh, shit. Yeah, only on the episodes can I do the, the whistle. Yeah, yep. Because, oh.